Welcome to Mindfully Integrative Podcast with your host, Dr. Damaris G. Mindfully Integrative is a podcast discussing ways toward mindfully incorporating integrative health into our lives. This podcast will have informative resources, fun topics, interviews, and discussions relatable for today with a true mindful perspective in a mind-body holistic life approach. Hello. This is Dr. Damaris Maria Grossman, and thank you again for joining in on the Mindfully Integrative podcast. And I just wanted to let you know of our upcoming events and things. So if you want to know and reach out, our resources and our membership is opening soon. So check out mindfullyintegrative.com for more fun and more info. Thanks so much and talk with you soon. This is integrated family nurse practitioner, Dr. Damaris Maria Grossman. And today we're just talking about what it exactly means to be optimal and well. What is optimal wellness? Now, when I talk about that and, and I talk about the different people that come on to this podcast that have achieved optimal wellness or gotten close to optimal wellness or, or have shown signs in that direction, that actually encompasses many things. So there's like two kind of perspectives and um, parts of this. So you're on either the illness side or you're on the wellness side. And this actually has been first back in research of Optimal wellness can be um, discussed in the research all the way back into like the 1970s, and and what's the meaning of it, and and what has um, what do they uh, defy it, and and such. I say through and from what I have learned in the integrative health space that optimal wellness kind of composes of 12 points. And you don't just have one part. It isn't just the physical body. And it's encompassing of whole health. And with that, it really means these 12 components. And to be that, you have to be in a balance. So the 12 points of wellness, I'll first name them, and then we'll go into further discussion. So the first is your physical health, embodying lifestyle management. The second is nutrition. The third is water hydration. The fourth is sleep goals, sleep hygiene. The fifth is stress transformation. I never say stress management. I always say you're transforming stress because it's not in always a negative. The body is has stress response for good things. Financial health, quality connections, spiritual health, body love, sexual health, environmental health, genetics, how we were born, what's our purpose and life goals, and how do we grow from all of this? So let's get back to what everyone thinks most of our wellness has to do with is our physical health. Are we overweight, underweight, lifestyle management? And what does this kind of entail? 
you know, people think that they know and they, they describe it and say, this is what, if I'm fat or, or skinny. So overall for exercise, it is recommended. You have about 20 minutes of walking every day or some sort of activity, even if it's gentle movement, something, some people may need more strenuous things like weightlifting. Other people will do walking other people, depending upon where they are in walks of life, but some sort of movement. Sedentary lifestyle can really cause a lot of adiposity. Adiposity is adipose tissue that is increased within the body, which then causes obesity. And that's increased fat consumption. They call it the visceral adipose tissue. That is what is their main issues with obesity and cardiac disease. So the more we have it, the more we suffer, right? The more we pack the fat, the more there's issues. Now, initially you can look into your body and see a BMI index and a BMI index is your body mass index. And that kind of uses your height and your weight and, and it will give you a, um, I'll put in the show notes, a calculator of, you know, what would be the average, you know, there's normal, there's underweight, there's normal, there's healthy overweight, and then there's excessively obese. So you really are trying to um, keep in the range of um, below 25%. But in addition to that, there's other components that you want to look for when you're talking about body mass index and how to um, be healthy. So you're going to calculate a waist and hips um, circumference. And you do that by, you know, measuring your hips, me- measuring your waist first, and then dividing out the circumference of your hips. And, you know, you're first going to look at your waist by the 10th uh, rib and wrap that around. It's not necessarily your belly button. And then you're also going to do your hip circumference. And that is right around the um, the hip bone. And you would measure around that. When you divide it out, it should be below 0.8 give or take, it depends upon men and women. They do vary. Same thing with your body mass index. Your um, numbers should be below 25, but I'll, I'll put a picture in there of, um, from the Mayo Clinic that, you know, the numbers do vary depending upon your age and women. Well, not, it's mostly um, women versus men. Now, why are these partial important? That is one aspect. In addition to these, I would also add in um, your your um, waist or your your waist number, and it should be below thirty five. And if you're in the Asian Pacific Asian um, category, it should be below thirty one. Um, and that means it's like in your belly area, do you notice when you look down and you're not pregnant, do you have a big belly or do you have a beer belly or they call it the donut belly, the carb belly? Is it, is it protruding more? And if you measure your waist and it is over the 35 range, you are starting to have that visceral adipose tissue that is a problem. So you can be a skinny person and still have a little bit of the belly there. And that still means that you may, things are a precursor or you're kind of going into the direction of not having full optimal health. So in this aspect with physical health, you do want to maintain a good body mass index, your hip and waist ratio, and in addition, your circular body area where it, what is it now? There's also individuals that myself, I'm very hip heavy, even hip heavy and butt heavy. There's still, um, adipose tissue and muscle there that is, 
uh, accumulated that still needs to be exercised out and worked out and and released from the body. And, and that does take time, but that still is, they call that almost a pre or a pear shape um, individual, but those are still factors that can um, be part of the diabetes, diabetes problems and um, other cardiac and other issues. In addition to being overweight and having um, a uh, the the visceral fat, you also can have lung health issues. So lung health in this scenario, we talk about it as because you're obstructing your breathing when you're a little bit more overweight. Your um, body has more um, kind of looser and, and you may have obstructive apnea issues. And even if you're not in that category, you still may have some obstruction that may decrease your oxygen levels when you're sleeping. So that in itself also affects your, your physical. In addition to that, it affects your brain health, because if you're not getting enough oxygen, you're not helping your brain. Everything is interconnected. So when you listen to me or hear me on this podcast or watch me on a YouTube channel, I will always be talking about wellness and our body as it's a whole encompassing thing. One thing will affect another thing will affect another thing. What, you know, when you have an overweight or obese individual or one of these factors are off, there is still kind of a precursor to then other things. Um, it could be a precursor to a sleep apnea. It could be a precursor to a dementia or a brain fog. So there is many of things that kind of cascade together because it's not one system and another system. So the second part that we're going to go into today is talking about nutrition. Now in this podcast, I'm not going into all aspects of nutrition, but we're going to kind of just briefly discuss nutrition and kind of where when I look at an individual and I look at a client um, and there's things that are coming up, what would I look for? So initially, most people are nutrient deficient. And what that means is that they have um, the basic nutrients that individuals would need is dietary fiber, potassium, uh, choline, magnesium, calcium, vitamin A, D, E, um, C, zinc, psyllium, folate, and B12. Now, just because an individual may be low on these, sometimes people think, oh, well, if I just take one vitamin, I'll be okay. That is not necessarily true. Um, most individuals are actually very deficient in this area. In addition to that, um, with micronutrients, you then have to look into the microbiome. The microbiome is our gut. Our gut is our third immune system. So it's connected, you know, the brain, the body, the gut. We are, you know, all together. And in the microbiome and in that, you have its prebiotic vegetables, probiotics. Now, when I talk about um, probiotics for someone, I address, you know, there's women's prebiotics, there's infant. So there's infant, there's child, there's uh, women and men. And there are an array of probiotics available on the market. But at a minimum, you want to have at least five strains, five to six strains. It has to be at least 10 billion, the more the merrier. And there are some specific research-based, um, like lactose bacillus, but in addition, there are 
specific pre and probiotics, well, specifically probiotics that are used for, for women specifically. So you would like to, when I recommend women certain probiotics, I say, please get the women's health probiotic, make sure it's over 10 billion in strain and at least five. Same thing for men. Now, prebiotics are the fibrous foods like vegetables and crispus, like collard greens and, and broccoli. Now, um, in addition to that, you've got phytonutrients and phytonutrients are these chemical compounds um, in plant-based vegetables like beans and whole grains and um, quinoa. And they will um, help also increase your body's nutrient levels. Now, ways to have a nutrient-dense life is not just by supplements and not just by powders. You put you know, what you eat, you know, what you eat and consume is part of that. So what you're doing there is you're, um, having Mediterranean diet. That's usually a lot of fish, you know, olive oil, a little bit of olive oil, some salmon, some, some, um, grilled chicken, very light salads and, and just, um, clean, very clean, uh, real foods, um, minimum gluten, minimum dairy, minimum, um, soy products, um, you're eating more whole, more full. Now, when you start avoiding the processed foods and the processed sugars and the excess, you will notice your body will start to feel better. So this is part of the nutritional aspect, but how do you do that? You know, you help with meal prep, you do things so you're not tired and you, you try to prep low glycemic foods. You try to find heart healthy things. And let me tell you, your body and your wallet will thank you. It's not as hard as you think. It just takes a little bit of prep. So number three, we're talking about water hydration. So what exactly does that mean? So what that means is imagine your body weight, and half your body weight in ounces of water. So example, you're 150 pounds and divide that by two. So that would be about 75 ounces of water. So when I drink water, I tell everybody I do a, a, a gallon water and I bring it with me and I try to drink that throughout the day. I have a big bottle so that I remind myself I haven't drank enough. I need to drink. And in addition to that, so sometimes it gets boring, right? You, you have these, um, you drink water because what happens is your body loses and gains water, right? So you want to have about half the body weight because you have about 70% of your body's made up of just water alone. And it really needs it to kind of lubricate and move and circulate and get those nutrients around. And without the water, we are doomed. You, know, you can't have food or water without living. To make it easier, I recommend um, some electrolyte filled um, powder kind of drinks or things that you can just add to the water that may help flavor it a little bit better. So it's not as boring and you're kind of like, okay, I, I could drink that. Um, the fourth one um, for today, I would recommend in this wellness realm is called sleep goals. So what does that consist of? So sleep goals for some people it varies, right? You know, depending upon what your work schedule is, depending upon if you have kids and you're up late or you're up early or, you know, your work schedule is night or day, you know, sleep hygiene overall really means trying to get about seven to nine hours of sleep, quality sleep. No quality sleep means making your environment the best it can be so that you can have the most optimal amount of rest. Now, techniques of that is 
lowering the lights, um, less TV, just sleep and rest. And I will go over each of these points of wellness in more detail in further podcasts. Number five, stress transformation. So I call it stress transformation because we are not doomed to have stress. Stress helps us. The body's natural defense is the fight or flight. We need to protect ourselves. But what happens is we are sometimes in this constant override, overdrive, and the body's adrenals become turned on and they don't shut off. Um, With me in my life, I've had severe uh, trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder from the military, and my adrenals were fired all the time, and I didn't know how to turn it off, and I always felt constantly anxiety-driven and stressed, and I thought, what do I do? I had to learn ways to change that pattern, and it was tough at first, but I had to find mindfulness, meditation, yoga, movement, breath work, and I have to tell you, they work. There are daily practices, work in progress, but you put the work in and the time and things make change. It helps with your depression. You know, you might need exercise. If you have anxiety, you might need relaxation. If you have, you have need time for focus, you need focus training. If you have hyperactivity, you may need a combination. If you go out and ground yourself in nature. If you find yourself doing gentle movements, there's an array of things. And I will go over this in another um, podcast and videos on many aspects of uh, stress management. I do many techniques and many ways um, to discuss that. So number six, financial health. What does financial health mean? So financial health means living within your means, understanding that you really don't need as much as we think we need. What can you do without? What does your family really need? You know, when you look at, they call it the Maslow hierarchy needs. We have shelter, you've got food, you're providing for your family. A lot of things in our life are actually ancillary extra. And when they found out through research, we only need X amount of dollars to be happy. And when you really find most people overspend or compensate for emotional needs with shopping or need or or providing for their family in excess and it's tough we understand like life brings up things and you need to buy for your family and that's okay but make sure that you um take some time to see what really makes you happy and what your family and you need to be successful, you know, save, save that extra, you know, $10 for, to put in savings and other ways to invest so that you can live a more quality life long-term. Um, I learned a lot when, um, my husband, he was very good in financial health and, and he taught me a lot of tricks on being better with my overall, um, mindset. And then also I traveled across country and I lived in a van for a few months and I really kind of got a perception of what is really necessary and what do I, and I do not need. And I really kind of got like an eye opener for myself of there's not much that I need. I remember when I was back in the military, I didn't need much. I had like a little corner cubby and, you know, that was it. And my little rack and bed, they call it rack back then. And, and it was like minimal, minimal. And for some reason, you know, with consumption, we consume, 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 and we don't think about how we need to save or um, invest more in our life um, and things. 
more experiences and less spending. Number seven, quality connections. So that has, again, um, to do with your family or your friends and how are you connecting with others? Are you really connecting with social media nowadays? Are we really taking the time to be there for others? Or are we just kind of posting, saying, hi, how's it going? People really need to engage. And even in this time of Zoom, are you giving yourself that moment? Please take that time. Thanks for listening to Mindfully Integrative with Dr. Damaris G. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed our show, support us by leaving a mindful review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite streaming site. If you would like to be a guest of our show or interview, email us at info at damarismaria.com. If you want to learn more about the resources mentioned in the podcast, you can find those in the show notes. To connect mindfully with Dr. Damaris G., reach her at www.damarismaria.com or connect via social media links. We appreciate your time connecting here with us. May your strength and peace within bring you more balance every day. Namaste.